Hey folks, I'm Pastor Eric Tritton from Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Hudson, Ohio, and this is a weekly word where we're talking about things you didn't learn in Sunday school. And today, um, today we're talking about things you didn't learn in Sunday school about two people, uh, Hagar and Ishmael. Now, if those names are not familiar to you, don't worry about it. Um, that's why we're doing this. Um, but Hagar and Ishmael are connected to Abraham and Sarah. And you might recall that Abraham had been promised that all nations on earth would be blessed through him, specifically through his seed or through his offspring. And uh, that promise had taken place about 10 years before the events that we're talking about here and still no offspring. And so now Abraham is in his mid 80s. And Sarah's starting to wonder about, well, when is this going to happen? And she hatches a plan to, quote unquote, help God um, keep this promise to her husband. This promise that all nations on earth would be blessed by his offspring. The problem being that Abraham didn't have any offspring to bless anybody because Sarah was unable to have babies. So Sarah decided that she would give her husband her slave, a woman by the name of Hagar. And the idea was pretty simple. Here's my slave, have sex, make a baby. And that's exactly what happened. Now, I want to be really clear. This, was, this plan was not God's plan. This was not God's idea but God does have a way of using the injustices and the sins and the struggles of people to bless us. And we're going to see uh, a little bit about how God uses those difficult situations in Hagar's life in particular here in order to give her a blessing. So Hagar got pregnant. And this, the very thing that Sarah planned for, causes all kinds of problems. Go, go figure. I mean, big surprise, right? Uh, all kinds of problems between Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar. And Sarah begins to mistreat Hagar, and it gets bad enough that Hagar decides that her best course of action is she's going to run away. And that's what she does. She runs away. And that's where we find her uh, in Genesis chapter 16. And I, I want to read this for you now. Sarai mistreated Hagar so much that she ran away from her. The angel of the Lord found Hagar by a spring in the wilderness, at the spring on the way to Shur. He said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She replied, I'm running away from my mistress Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, go back to your mistress and submit to her authority. The angel of the Lord said to her, I will greatly multiply your offspring and they will, they will be too many to count. The angel of the Lord said to her, you have conceived and will have a son. You will name him Ishmael for the Lord has heard your cry of affliction. This man will be a wild donkey. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand will be against him. 
he will settle near all his relatives. She, so she named the Lord who spoke to her. You are El Roi, she said. In this place, have I actually seen the one who sees me? That is why the well is called Ber Lahai Roi. It is between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar gave birth to Abram's son. And Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. So there are a couple things I want to grab in here to kind of look at what's happening. First of all, it says that the angel of the Lord appears to Hagar and speaks to her. Now, when we hear the word angel, we, we tend to have these visions of incredible heavenly beings because, well, they are. But I, I want to be really... Uh, uh, really clear that an angel is a messenger. It's a spiritual messenger. And in the case of the angel of the Lord, we sometimes mean think this means Jesus before the incarnation. You know, Jesus before Christmas, before Mary's pregnant, you know, the third second person of the Trinity, uh, before he takes on human flesh. And so we don't know that for sure, but but we do know that there are times that the angel of the Lord accepts worship and it kind of fits with with John chapter 1 where John writes in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God so Jesus and and, and the cross and the the empty tomb are God's ultimate message to us so it, it makes sense for Jesus to be the angel of the Lord uh, and in this case, his message doesn't have to do with with all of that, uh, but but he has a different message, and he tells he tells Hagar to go back, and to submit to Sarah's authority, and uh, and promises, you know, she's going to have many more offspring. Uh, sometimes people think that that following God is going to lead them out of their troubles. Uh, but that's not always the case. Sometimes being obedient to God's word actually leads us back to troubles and back to problems uh, in this life. But we can be confident that, that God will use those troubles and those problems of our lives to bless us. And it happens in a couple of different ways. Uh, sometimes he uses problems of our lives to deepen our faith, to help us to, to learn to rely on him because we have to, and so then we find him to be faithful. Uh, sometimes God uses the troubles of our lives to, to turn our hearts away from this world. Um, this world's a beautiful and wonderful place, and sometimes we think that this is all that there is, and this is the, the ultimate for us, but God has more for us beyond this world, and we're looking forward to a day of resurrection when all things are made new. And so sometimes the problems of this life, they turn our hearts away from this world toward what God has promised to give us. And God sometimes uses the troubles of our lives to give us opportunity to be living witnesses of, of God's mercy to others. You know, it's interesting when I think of the stories of the martyrs, you know, people who died for their faith, um, there are a lot of stories about persecutors who were turned by the testimony of those they were persecuting, that were deeply moved by uh, the courage and the faith of those who died at their own hands. So God does use the, the troubles and the problems of our lives. 
And this angel of the Lord tells Sarah, tells Hagar, uh, that she will have a son. And great nations will come from Hagar, from her son. And she's told to name him Ishmael. Now, I think that there's something kind of interesting in, in this and, and another thing that's coming up here. The angel says to name the boy Ishmael, and Ishmael translated means God hears. And later, Hagar names God, or names the angel of the Lord, Elroi. It looks kind of like Elroy, um, but it's pronounced Elroi. And Elroi means God sees me. Ishmael, God hears. Elroi, God sees me. And part of the message of this text for us is that God hears and God sees. He knows what's going on in our lives. And he is not passive when we experience troubles in our lives. He hears our prayers. He sees our struggles and our suffering. And he acts on our behalf even as he continues to use these things to shape and to bless us. To bless us, to help us to grow in faith, to exercise our trust and, and to find God to be faithful. Uh, he uses the troubles of this life to teach us to pray, to turn our hearts away from this world, as I talked about a little bit ago. I, I think that sometimes God uses the problems of our lives to create compassion in us as we look at others as they go through difficult times too, maybe people who have experienced the same things that we are experiencing. Um, and I think that sometimes God uses those difficult experiences of our past to equip us to help others. You know, I've heard stories about people who have raised children with special needs coming alongside young couples who are raising children with special needs they're uniquely equipped to be able to help. Uh, in, in the same way, um, if you have been caught in a particular sin and you know God's forgiveness for that sin, it uniquely equips you to speak forgiveness to somebody else who's caught in that same problem. Sometimes God uses the struggles of our lives to equip us to be a blessing to others so that we can meet them in their time of need. And I think that there's something about that whole experience that helps us to be humble. Now, when I say that God gives us blessings, I don't necessarily mean uh, the blessings that the world teaches us to want. You know, health, wealth, success, those kinds of things. I mean, yeah, God does give those to us sometimes, but sometimes those seem elusive and he uses us for other purposes because he doesn't always give us what we want, but he gives us what we need. And when God looks at what we need, he looks at that in terms of his kingdom and in terms of what is going to bring us through this world safely into his everlasting arms, into that day of resurrection, into that day when there'll no longer be sickness, sorrow, suffering, and especially not death. So when hard times come, like they did for Hagar, even if it's at the hands of somebody else, we, we can trust that God hears us, that he sees, and that he's active to bless, even in the midst of our troubles.
I hope that's a word of comfort to you. And if it's a comfort to you, maybe it's a word of comfort to somebody else. So if you would like to share this, I'd be honored. Have a blessed day.